Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Welcome back to another episode of Classroom Success 101. I'm your host, Josh Roos, and today we are going to recap on this week's value bombs that were brought by Dan Modis and Jenny Rammel. So the first first recap, one thing we were talking about this week, uh, we were looking at behavior management systems that work. Some of the struggles that schools have is actually getting a really good system in place and um, you know using that system with fidelity. Yeah, like I told Dan, you know, I've, I've uh, been in, I've seen about three of them being ran in my career over a 12-year span, you know, and they had their goods and they had their bads. Um, some of their some of their bads when I was first starting out, it was the data collection piece. Um, you know, really, we just didn't do a whole lot of data collection. Uh, that was that was really good enough. You know, when I very first got into the business, all we were kind of doing was checking in on kids. So there wasn't no uh, data collection being done. Um, and then over the years, uh, you know, the, the data collection piece started becoming more and more. But then what lacked was the social skill piece. So... I mean, there was there there was a struggle there, and it was trying to figure out which programs work the best. Uh, teachers get, you know, teachers get frustrated um, because sometimes they just don't see a good enough change or a, if any kind of change. And you know, that's that that that's the reality of these behavior programs that are being ran out there, and sometimes they're just they're, they're, they're not ran with fidelity because the, you know, what I've seen is administration don't understand them. Um, you know, especially when administration has to come in and, and, um, you know, observe the behavior teacher and do everything what, um, they do each year for each teacher is their observations and I mean, I've been involved in observations that we had to sit down and, and 
the, the way the test was, the way the districts put the, the, the observation uh, test to was basically like to every other teacher. It just didn't make any sense that, you know, they asked what teaks, which, you know, those teaks are basically your uh, academic standards for Texas. You know, what teaks are you using for your behavior program? Well, there is no teaks for the behavior program. It doesn't exist. So, you know, right there, that didn't even apply. So it was, it was kind of tough trying to fill all that out, um, especially when administration didn't really have a good idea of what uh, the job was. They didn't understand how to justify the job. And a lot of times it gets to the point where they just don't want to put any money to that program because they don't see the benefit of that program. So um, when you're running these behavior programs, you know, the, the administration in the campus has to be on board, even the, the top administration. I mean, I, I've dealt with these behavior programs that basically went to the, the very top. You know, we, we sat down with uh, like the dean of academics over the entire school. Uh, we sat down with some of the, the, the super, uh, assistant superintendents. I've sat down with superintendents to talk about them. And, and it's just there has to be buy-in at, at that point. And the, the problem with, um, you know, uh, top administrators not understanding is these programs kind of just get overlooked or they get, uh, you know, added more things to them, such as, well, you know, um, they want you to do other things that kind of take the time or the services away from um, your your selected kids. So one big one big key takeaway is your administrators have to be on board on the behavior program. If they're not on board, it's going to be pretty tough on trying to get a really sound behavior program. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, staffing. It's like Dan said, uh, you know, each week what they require their their program to do is to get with their teachers, their their teachers that are that have these students within their classrooms to see, you know, like he, he broke it down. He broke it down in three sections. What's the wins? You know, what's working? And, you know, what's not working? So those are the things that we got to look at. And I can tell you again, over the years, the behavior programs that were struggling was the ones that weren't meeting frequently. Um, I know even in a special education program, I've seen elementary school struggle when it comes to uh, collaborating with their, their gen ed teachers. You know, sometimes sometimes these programs, uh, teachers just don't know anything about them, so they don't understand what they need to be doing to run uh, different types of interventions within the class. And the other thing with it is sometimes they feel like they don't have any support. You know, I, I, I could tell you a, a big frustration piece that I, I had to deal with and teachers had to deal with it was with me trying to cover four or five different schools 
and on two of those schools being the behavior teacher as well as the overall district behavior specialist. So, I mean, I was running, I was working four uh, different districts and, um, you know, also being a behavior teacher for two schools in one district. And I, I can tell you right now, that does not work. It does not work. If, if you are doing that in the school right now, um, you know, the way I look at it is this, is that, you know, you're always going to have a school that's going to be upset or frustrated with you because their problems are not being solved because they don't have the support on their campus. And, and you're getting, you're getting pulled too many directions. And, you know, at, at some point, even you look at your job and you say, man, I'm going 110%. But in all reality is, you know, you got to go to these campuses and you're trying to be two different positions. You're, you're spending 10% of the time at one campus, 10% of the time at the next campus, 10% of the time at the other campus. And that's all they're seeing you as. So they get frustrated with you, and then you're thinking, "Well, man, I'm I'm working, um, you know, I'm working my butt off over here." But at the end of the day, you're actually doing too many, uh, too many jobs. So uh, the behavior programs really have to be specific on uh, what the job duties entail. Um, you know, we got to the point where we had to get behavior teachers on each campus because that that was ideal. You know, and even then, the struggle was, um, you know, these these schools and administrators would use them for other duties, and it's just at the end of the day, my honest opinion about a behavior program is you you let them do behavior, you assign them behavior. Um, if they have a caseload for special education services, they have to do that special education service they have to provide it for those students by law that's what they need to do so um those kids come first before the rest and that's the thing that always got frustrated with was spending your wills trying to do other things because the justification of the job was not there i mean those are the struggles that i had you know hopefully Hopefully those ain't the struggles that were that that you might be dealing with right now, but you know I just know from my experience what works and what doesn't, and you know for a behavior program to be very justifiable and and to actually work, um, I, I'm a true believer in. You, you you have to de define those those jobs out specifically you know I, I've seen districts who who have behavior teachers for general education and I think that's you know in a in an ideal world ideal world I'm a firm believer that you need to have a, a behavior program that you're supporting the RTI gen ed, which, you know, you're going around, you, you can't, you can't pull the student, um, but you can help out within the classroom. And, you know, you might be able to do some, some, uh, on the RTI side of the, the thing, 
the game, you, you might be able to do social skill curriculum during RTI time. You know, I, I have seen one school district run that. It was a it was a general education um, behavior position, and that's what their their job was. It was a their their job duty was to run a uh, tier two check in check out on these students. You would be going around the campus checking in within their classroom. Um, you know, providing um, teachers feedback on how to work with certain students who probably um, in in the position of, you know, maintaining RTI paperwork on those students. And, and, and that's awesome. If the schools, districts, you know, have the, the, the staff and the ability to have a general education behavior interventionist on their campus, that is amazing. You know, then the next position that I feel is crucial is to have a, you know, uh, a behavior program for special education that they're included within their classroom. You know, and that's specifically where you will be, you know, kind of pulling them for social skills. You'll be going around checking on doing data, you know, making sure that you're writing the goals in, in the, uh, the their IEP plans. Um, you know, working with the teachers and, and doing things on that end. Um, and I'm a firm believer where there becomes a self-contained um, behavior program where it's the student where they, it, the behaviors are so severe that they need to be in a self-contained um, unit and um, where, you know, the teacher in there is working specifically with those students, trying to work on getting them back out into the, um, the, uh, the, the, the general education um, classrooms. But my thing with it is, uh, and I've seen these programs where it's like, okay, well, you're the behavior teacher for the special education program where the students are within the classroom. But then when you have a... Uh, a really severe behavior case, then all of a sudden you become self-contained. And now I feel like I'm going to tell you right now, my opinion, you're doing two jobs, doing two jobs that that needs to be specifically designated out to another person. Um, because now you're self-containing a unit or you're self-containing students. And then you're also trying to oversee uh, inclusive program and I, I feel like it's too much on, on a person. I, I honestly believe in my, my experience working in the schools is that you, each program like that needs to be separated. You know, the, the duties have to be separated and that's the only way those programs are gonna be able to um, manage themselves. Um, you know, one of the things that Dan Modest was talking about was getting those kids involved in their goals. You know, I, I, I thought that was an awesome idea. Um, you know, sitting your student down and letting them be, be involved in the goal because the, the, at the end of the day, you know, you can write goals and, and make them sound all good, good and great, but you're just writing goals. You know, these, these kids have to have buy-in in their plan. It's, it's, they're the ones are going to have to be accountable for, for making changes. 
So, you know, you're teaching those skills for them to be able to, to, to make those changes. So they need to, they need to have complete buy-in, you know, I've always been the type of person too, because now I'm working secondary and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, secondary, the student actually gets to come to the art meeting. Um, but you know, I think they're, we, they, they should allow students to come to their art meetings at some of the elementary schools. You know, I get if it's like really, really young elementary schools, but I feel like those, those, uh, those, uh, you know, third, fourth and fifth grade students could be able to go to their, their art meetings if it was, uh, if it was uh, a perfect, um, if they could handle that type of meeting, um, you know, but anyways, that's, that's the, uh, that's the recap on some of the behavior programs that are out there. I know Dan Modest, he had a uh, very, very good talk on his behavior program that he was running. Um, you definitely need to check out the podcast. Um, it's labeled Behavior Management Systems That Work. Make sure you uh, get that, listen to that. And also, you know, check out his website, um, his, um, you know, his, his Instagram as well everything's up there on my Instagram at hardcore behaviorist. You can go check him out. Um, I have the, the link in some of the posts straight to his, his Instagram account. And then the next, um, value bomb that was dropped come from Jenny Rammel. Um, she talked about this week where, um, she was unit, using the zone of regulations uh, school-wide and, you know, to teach students coping skills in each area of the school. And, I, I, you know, that's an awesome idea, you know, especially with if you if you're a school that is a uh, PBIS school and you have a PBIS committee and you have expectations set up in each area of the school, you know, those are things that uh, over the years we get sent to these trainings and these trainings are, there's some really good trainings out there. Um, and, and some of them can be utilized for school-wide systems, but, uh, you know, sometimes they just get lost whenever we, we go to these trainings and they just don't get implemented. So, you know, Jenny was talking about uh, really having a lot, you know, your staff buy-in on it. You know, she basically had to run uh, the zones of regulations within her uh, her unit or her hallway slash like grade level um, in order for the superintendent to actually start seeing, wow, this is actually working. The behaviors are actually changing. So um, once the student there, the superintendent had to buy in, you know, they she she wanted to go more um, school wide with it. So, you know, one thing that I can instruct you on or, or give you some advice on is when you get the opportunity to go to some of these these trainings out there that provide uh, 
you know, school-wide interventions, maybe classroom interventions, behavior management systems, you know, uh, write down and, and take notes on on things. You know, what, what go always go into those those trainings uh, thinking to yourself, you know, like what value bomb can I get out of this training today? What can I take back to my school to help out the the rest of the teachers or help out administration? You know, and and really be the the leader on that, and and try to you know get that involved within the school to start seeing change, um, so that you know people see, hey, these programs work. Um, you know, they're like I always tell people, every problem has a solution. We just gotta be able to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, there's people out there that that have the answers. They, they have the solutions and we just gotta, we gotta, you know, sit down and listen and, and, uh, you know, get the, those types of advice. But anyways, you know, um, like Jenny said, you know, when there are behavior management or behavior, uh, positive behavior interventions that are out there that can be utilized school-wide, you, the very key thing is to get staff buy-in um otherwise you know you're, you're just going to be banging your head on a wall trying to to get complete buy-in when nobody wants to do it so that's my thing with it is that's when i see interventions fail is because there's no buy-in on it they don't want to do it or the intervention is like so complicated that um it's just it's just not um capable of doing you know, I, I went to a training this week um, for um, a, a classroom training, and it was more for the uh, second language learners. And you know, they they, they talked. They had all these these interventions that you can utilize, these uh, academic interventions and things like that. And I mean, they you know they they piled up on you um and and that's that's what they that's what they need to do is pile it up on you but what i think what what happens is teachers start getting frustrated because they're all like okay now we got to do all this other stuff and it's like here's my thing with it is if you're going to get overloaded with by thinking that you need to get all these things done within your classroom um, you know, it's going to be frustrating. Uh, and, and I could probably, probably tell you that it's not really going to work. So, you know, what I, I tend to do is go in with a positive mindset and, you know, start getting, you know, what's the one simple thing maybe I can utilize within my classroom so that I can see a change. You know, you're not going to be able to go back to your classroom and utilize every little thing from these trainings. It's going to take time. So, um, you know, my thing is, is take that 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 top one and get really good at it and put it in your classroom and see if 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 that especially if it's a behavior intervention, if, if that's decreasing behavior, guess what? You're not having to deal with that problem anymore. And so now you you become so efficient on being able to uh, utilize that intervention that you're not seeing the behavior problem. Now we can 
now we can maybe add something else. But, you know, the one big key thing is, you know, keep it simple. If it's too complicated, nobody's going to be able to do it or nobody's going to use it. And, I mean, that, that goes for anything. I mean, I like I could tell you, I've seen, I've been in trainings where I'm like, man, there's just no way. There's no way that that's uh, going to, to happen um, because, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, you know, we forget what it's like to be in the classroom. And, and uh, you know, I know coming from firsthand experience, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts in the classroom. And, you know, it's, it is definitely – definitely tough to um, try and constantly be you know implementing all these these things so my advice is take maybe the top one or two things and 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 implement it and run it with fidelity and if when you start seeing change maybe you can add something else into there um, you know, when you start seeing the behavior change, you're really not dealing with that behavior. So now we can add another intervention. So go from there, um, you know, and, 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 and see how that works. Also, make sure you go back and check those two, um, podcasts out this week. They are, um, there, there's a lot of good value, uh, being dropped in those podcasts episodes so make sure you check those out also you can follow us at um on instagram at hardcore behaviors uh facebook hardcore behaviors as well you know you are listening to classroom success 101 podcast i'm also trying to create that uh that classroom success 101 podcast on facebook so that we can get a group of people dropping in um, a lot of content within that group, trying to help out, you know, anybody and everybody. Um, you know, the goal for these these podcasts and the, the, the group on Facebook is to be the mentors of the mentors. Um, you know, I always say, you know, just don't have one mentor and go out and seek others. So... Um, that's the goal there. Also, um, you know, follow us on Teacher Pay Teacher uh, at Hardcore Behaviors. Also on Twitter and um, starting a new TikTok account. Um, you know, t- TikTok's new, so I've been kind of um, uploading some videos on that. Uh, my TikTok account is at Classroom Success 101. So that being said, you know, thank you for listening in today's episode and we will talk to you later. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.